The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. On today's episode, the Trident Room podcast host, Michael Gannon, sits down with Aviator of the Year, Captain Valerie Smith. What would you, you pass on to... You know, somebody who's at flight school right now, finding out what their airframe is going to be, and and thinking about their first fleet tour that's coming up. What would you pass to them as a new aviator, as an officer? Um, you know, regardless of gender. And then, what would you pass along uh, to your female peers? I think the. The main thing I would tell my past self would be what we talked about earlier, not not taking everything so personally and keep giving your max effort because sometimes it feels like you're just digging a deeper hole when in reality you just can't see the bigger picture and, and what's being built and the, the small part you're playing in it really does make a difference. Um, I'm not sure really... In what other way besides mentally, probably, I would wish I had known before getting into the military just how much uh, gender would be brought up and a factor in other slots. Um, although I'm really thankful to not really have been exposed to that as a, a kid when I was young. Um, I do think there are situations where people in the military were exposed to those kind of thoughts and uh, different setting a different standard for the expectations of genders and that can create some self-doubt as they grow up. Um, and everyone experiences different things in their minds that can be supported by outsiders' comments. So um, it is unfortunate the level of gossip that <laughs> goes around. I would say sometimes there is a fascination with females' personal lives for whatever reason. Uh, it is a little bit skewed. Um, it is sometimes tough to keep a, a personal life private. Um, as a young mid, I think that really, uh, the fear of having that affect my career was constantly on my mind. I didn't, I didn't want to be a person talked about or even, you know, but as I got older, it's, you, you can't control rumors, whether it's true or not. And it, it just takes you know, one comment or one thought, and that's on someone's mind, whether whether it's actually happening or not. So, um, again, I think a counter, go back to that, that first bullet point, you know, just working your hardest, I think that will shine through regardless of whatever drama may follow. But young, young mid, young, young female, young pilot, just, I would say, men mental preparation and don't let the small stuff uh, get you tied up. So, you know, we've talked about gender, we've talked about aviation, we've talked about glass ceilings, we've talked about some of the universality of, of some of the problems of being left out simply because you're different from, you know, your, your geographic location, from your gender to your marital status, um, you know, because you just don't fall into the uh, majority group, um, so to speak. Um, and and Thinking about where uh, naval aviation was nearly 30 years ago, you know, two decades ago, um, 
at least in the 1990s. I, I won't recount any of that, but I'm certain you're aware of it. How, how do you think we're faring um, compared to a generation ago? Have we gotten better, and, and how much farther do you think we have to go? Um, so, going back to my original CEO that we talked about with um, my my lack of Mew experience, um, he was also the first CEO I had when we were giving out call signs. Uh, he let me know I was a schedule writer, so I feel like in the squadron I had an abnormally high high visibility time with him because almost daily I was in his office getting the schedule routed. So I don't know if some people listening think, wow, this uh, first lieutenant's really comfortable going up to talk to her CEO, but that wasn't necessarily the case. Some sometimes he was open, you know, open door when I, when we're routing the schedule and just wants to pick my brain or vice vice versa lets me ask him a question um so one of the days we conversed about um how call signs are given and he did give me some stories in the past um like you're saying uh he was probably 15 years my senior um but just stories about you know terrible call signs that women would get for different things but to to be fair, I'm sure just as many guys were getting, you know, maybe not the most professional of call signs, but it's an acronym. And I, I totally, I am not against call signs. I, I definitely see the intent behind them. I see the purpose. Uh, you don't you don't want to be saying people's names over the radio. It definitely is beneficial to have a way to communicate so everyone knows who you're talking about without bead windowing yourself or giving away information to the enemy. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I was, you know, a little worried about what what the outcome might be, and and I was fortunate enough. Our squadron did uh, tasteful call signs for everyone. He he assured me in that conversation that he would not let what hap- what he's seen happen to females in the past happen to us in the future. So I do think it is hap- It's it's making its way up to the leadership. I I think they're implementing things to even the playing field out, and I appreciate that. Um, in general, I think we've come a long way, also in understanding you know physical limitations of the human body, and uh, what effects that has on operations, like developing a crew day, or I'm safe, which. Um, I'm not sure if people are familiar with that who aren't aviators, but it's essentially uh, a way to, before a flight, you can say, I'm safe uh, in regards to if you've had, you know, taken any medication, if you didn't sleep very well the night before, if you haven't uh, eaten, uh, you have any emotional issues, uh, if you've had alcohol within the window, you're not supposed to, things like that. And, you know, kind of no, no harm, no foul. We would rather you self-admit that you're not prepared to fly than go ball it up flying or that idea that it's a no-fail mission. Because there are times where there are no-fail missions where you need to execute, but they are definitely not occurring in the training environment. So I think things like that are good. Also, co- cockpits now, so 53s did, or some of them still have spots for ashtrays, or at least all of them in the airframe. It's built in in the inside of the cockpit, but they're not being installed anymore. I haven't seen them in 
current aircraft. So I just think overall for physical performance, we're definitely progressing and we've learned from, you know, the writing on the wall with past mishaps. So I think that's also trending on the up and up. Um, and we've advanced leaps and bounds, I think, thanks to technology and the assets that we have at our fingertips in the 21st century. Just that baseline of people entering the fleet marine force have is uh, significantly greater than, you know, the old charts and compasses of the past. So, I mean, I would say overall, we're definitely trending up and it's it's exciting to see what, what the future holds. Although it did look like by 2030, we're shooting for 60%, 40% from a unmanned man percentage. So I'm not sure I'll have a job here in the future, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, but you're pretty good at what you do. Um, so, in wrapping this up and, and closing things up, do you have anything that you'd like to um, shout out to the audience, so to speak? Um, personal, professional, funny story, anecdote. Um, the mic is yours, and you can you can talk about whatever you want. Anything you want to just pass on to the audience? Hmm. Funny story. The, the most, well, the most recent thing I can think of I was embarrassed about professionally. I recently attended the the OAG, which is where the the Marine Corps Aviation Aviation Association Award ceremony was held this past July um, in Dallas, Texas, and. I was meeting and being introduced to so many people the entire week just based off the award I had won and meeting my sponsors, which um, the Aviator of the Year Award sponsored by Rolls-Royce. By the time the award ceremony came around at the end of the week, I was, you know, ready to head home and recuperate. After getting off stage, there were a group about five people or so that came up and ambushed me right off the stage, sold my trophy in my hands, and uh, everyone was introducing themselves from Sikorsky. Um, and I was happy they introduced themselves to me, even if it was at, at the very, you know, last minute, but um, I was happy they were present. And I, I'm not sure they, they might not have been tracking that a, a person who was operating Sikorsky products had won that award just because they aren't the sponsors of that particular Aviator of the Year award. But the first person that uh, that approached me in the group was a woman. She introduced herself as, you know, hi, I'm Natalie. And as the introductions continued around the circle, I was introduced to several, several other important people um, within the headquarters of Sikorsky to include their president. And so I turned back to the first woman because, you know, she was very, she was the first one to approach me in front of the group. Uh, very, you know, you know, dominant. And so I, I asked her, you know, to start conversation. So, oh, are you, are you accompanying, you know, the man standing next to you? And she chuckled and, and said no. Um, so later I, she gave me her card and I looked her up and it turns out she was the, the vice president of strategy and business development for Skorsky. Um So I just done to her what I hated people doing to me. When I, when I checked into I-Day at the Naval Academy, a woman asked my family in the elevator as we're going down to leave for Annapolis, um, 
you know, hey, are you, th- are you there to drop off your son? And they point to my brother and, and my family, you know, start laughing and, and I'm getting angry. And my parents are like, no, we're dropping off our daughter, <laughs> pointing at me on the other side or, you know, all the times. And I'm sure people, other people can also vouch for this, but I can, cannot count how many times my bill at a restaurant gets added to whatever guy is sitting closest to me, even if I'm out with just a group of friends. Uh, and it used to bother me a lot, but ultimately, as I got older, it's like, well, if, if the guys don't notice, they're going to give me a free meal. <laughs> That's fine by me. Um, but yeah, I was just, you know, embarrassed on what is to date my most, you know, most important night for my military career. Um, I associated Natalie being at the event, being hitched to a male. So I challenge everyone to to include myself to accept everyone at at face value for what they, you know, individually have to offer, regardless of predispositions we we might find ourselves falling victim to in our minds. No, Valerie, that that is, um, that's an awesome story. And it it happens to all of us from misreading context clues and and interpretation of the event and, and everything else. Um, I wish my bill uh, got passed <laughs> off to the nearest uh, guy or gal. I don't care. I just wish somebody else was paying it, but I'm that cheap, um, <laughs> you know. So that you know, but I'm just cheap. So it is what it is. But you know, take it for an advantage and, and enjoy the free meal that uh, uh, comes across every so often. Exactly. Um, it's a win, and somebody said there's no such thing as a free lunch. But you just gave a pretty good example. Some, sometimes there are. <laughs> well, Valerie, that was an awesome interview. I'm really glad you were able to take the time and stay up uh, late tonight and talk to us and, and um, discuss your experiences as an aviator, as the aviator of the year, and um, and everything going forward. I, I wish you well, and I hope you uh, continue to... Um, you know, break glass uh, ceilings, so to speak. Maybe you'll be the first female. What's what's the next aviator glass uh, ceiling for females that you can break? Hopefully, there are no more glass ceilings. Really appreciate you taking out the time and, and speaking with me tonight, and staying up late, and and going through all this, and, and sharing your experiences, your stories, your wisdom, um, and everything else. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, have a good night, and hopefully we'll we'll hear from you again the next time you do something awesome. (laughs) I hope that happens in the future. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. For more information about today's guests and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room Podcast has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tridentroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash tridentroompodcast.